Hello, dear listeners. After Jason's monopolization of both the intro and the outro last week, and his quite devious cutting of my voice in order to praise himself, I'm very aware that these words may be edited and misconstrued deliberately on the cutting room floor. So let me just say that this week we are covering hippies, crack, hippie crack, poodles, crack poodles, hair, hair pulling, rabbit, rabbit hutches, slabs, slab heads, dice, clop, sacks, Jose sacks, sorry pep, sorry pep. I'd like to see you cut that into something coherent, Jason. Jason, I love that guy. A very warm welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Born Offside, and it is the preview of the Premier League's weekend and also other stuff which has happened over the last week in the footballing world which we so love. With me, it's me. And uh, oh, there's also a guy. You're even introducing yourself first. I just can't help it nowadays. I just can't. It's it's the whole monopolization thing. I'm 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 greedy for it. I mean, At I least just, say uh, hello to yourself. Uh, like, right, hello. Yourself introduce yourself. <laughs> introduces yourself. Say hello to yourself. <laughs> hello, me. How are how are me? I'm me. I'm well. Thanks, me. You? Meh. Ah. This, this is a terrifying glimpse into the future of this podcast. <laughs> This week, we will be covering the big one, Chelsea versus City. Uh, And uh, we will also be covering a number of other uh, matches, uh, including Will Southampton's uh, first match with their first new rabbit hutch in charge come out a success, or will the evil Warnock get his way? Dave, I guess we can start with uh, a, a number of uh, pointers which happened over the week, which stuff which we weren't able to cover in our last podcast. Unfortunately, we probably would have done had it not uh, terminated so early and prematurely. But um, may we start with with the fact that uh, Burnley won, Liverpool won, because uh, I thought that was quite an interesting uh, 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 match, um, which ended with a little bit of a little bit of spike from a an otherwise very high-pitched Monsieur Le Daesh, did it not? Well, mate, I need to correct you on a couple of things. First, it was Burnley 1, Liverpool 3. Second, you said 1-1. Second, the, the most important issue that we need to cover is the fact that Arsenal Football Club's first team squad is riddled on hippie crack. That <laughs> is the first thing we need to talk about. I should imagine... Uh, Half the squad shall be banned for eight months-ish, and uh, their results decisions shall be retrospectively analysed and, I don't know, probably relegated. No, what do you feel? Mate, they went to a birthday party of some kid, probably, and inhaled uh, uh, the, the uh, Illegal nitrous, substances. O- nitrous oxide, which is in balloons to high-pitch eyes your voice and go, hello. How are you? <laughs> We've all done it. Uh, uh, surely it's not something that would no, be... No, it's uh, not illegal yeah. to possess the uh, <laughs> drug that the Arsenal players were consuming, but it is illegal to either sell it or indeed to give it away. So in the <laughs> moment that one of them passed said balloon to another one of them, they are guilty of a crime, Jason. And with <laughs> the Premier League being the world's most watched league, according to Charlie Austin, um, 
what they're doing is hideous, it's horrendous. Uh, it puts the youth of today uh, uh, at risk from these quite monstrous, uh, patriarchal, um, just devious, uh, you know, reprobates. And the sooner the Premier League clamps down on this frankly outrageous and hideous behavior, the better. I don't think uh, we should even refer to them as Arsenal anymore. We should just call them the hippie crack drug lords. Because, I mean, that's what they are. For those of you that weren't uh, uh, in touch with what happened over the week, uh, during the week, um, uh, uh, it, it looks like what happened was Lacazette, Gendouzi, Ozil and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang are we really all... surprised that it was those yeah. four people? <laughs> Particularly... <laughs> Gwenduzi, who is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, he's a crack poodle in training. Um, he's modeled his career on David Luiz. I expect that they got the balloons from David Luiz. I can't prove that, but you can't prove that he didn't give it to them. No, uh, very true. Mesut Ozil, who um, hates <laughs> Turkey, I believe, both the, the meat and the country. He hates both of them. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's no wonder that his eyes come so physically far out of his face. It is. It's all the nitrous oxide he's been inhaling over the last yeah. number of years, probably. They just, you know, just so happens that they were able to, to catch them uh, this one time. And now, poor old Ozil, because uh, I'm sure if, if Ozil goes for some sort of uh, testing and everything, <laughs> they'll, they'll find copious amounts of that shit in his bloodstream. Um, so, uh, yeah, him and uh, Obama Yang and um, uh, apparently the, the Arsenal board have actually uh, uh, replied to this and they have said that they're going to have stern words with the four. I want more. Uh, <laughs> I want them to, they... to volunteer for relegation. That's what but I apparently, want. Apparently, nitrous oxide, uh, quote uh, uh, here from, uh, uh, from one of the stories, nitrous oxide slows down the brain, uh, which, you know, could be quite a good thing for all those Arsenal uh, uh, players because I'm sure their, their brains are working on hyperspeed. And the body's response, giving users a feeling of euphoria and can cause hallucinations, but can also lead to headaches, dizziness, and paranoia. It's that last one there. All that I really advantageous want. on a football pitch. Like what you're essentially saying is that taking hippie crack makes everything go in slow motion. So if it's in slow motion for them, ah. that puts them at an advantage. Paranoia is a wonderful skill to have as a defender, to be paranoid about what's going to happen all the time. And, and dizziness? And um, when you're a crack poodle, dizziness doesn't affect you. And, <laughs> and the sooner these reprobates are outlawed from football for the rest of their lives, I mean, mate, there was this thing in Australia, our Australia listeners will tell you, where all that the particular Australian did is take a small piece of sandpaper, completely legal in pretty much every country, out with him onto a cricket pitch and maybe touch the ball with a little bit. <laughs> and what happened to those kind, young, God-fearing gentlemen? They were banned from their sport that they loved for a year. These hooligans are riddled on illegal substances and they continue to play football and uh, i think it's an absolute travesty that they're even allowed to you know even kept out of prison they should be put in jail lock them up 
Well, you heard it here first. Dave, thank you very much for that. Um, uh, four of uh, uh, Arsenal's outstanding players. Well, let's say three, because Mesut Ozil is definitely not in that, in that group at the moment. Uh, uh, please uh, um, stand up, and admit what you've done, and go to jail. Yes, um, voluntarily go to jail, volunteer for relegation, and then I might be quiet. One of these chaps uh, had another incident. Matteo Genduzzi has, has been in the headlines as well this week for having had his hair pulled by another previous used-to-have-long-hair chap uh, from Belgium. Uh, Sorry, mate, I've, just, I've, just had a th- I've just had a thought. Do you think Fellaini was pulling Genduzzi's hair because he was like, that man, that man took my hair. Oi, give it back. <laughs> Or he privately missed it. He was either that, or he's been pulled so much out of, for you know, with his hair during his days playing football. Now he thinks it's time to give a little back, uh, you know. And he's been waiting for the likes of pure uh, of uh, of Matteo Genduzzi and David Luiz to come back to the Premier League, uh, um, and uh, or come to the Premier League so that he's got this opportunity to be able to do so. The only other one I can think of is. Uh, um, uh, Vest- Vestergaard, uh, our our new uh, two meter tall defender for Southampton, he's got pretty long hair. He'd probably, yeah, he'd probably deserve it. Probably too. Well, no, Fellaini could probably reach it because he's quite tall. Yeah, but not me. I've I, never been no, I like my initial theory that Fellaini has spotted Granduzzi's hair and believed it to be his own and attempted <laughs> to retrieve it. Mate, that was. Um, that moment seemed to genuinely rattle Gwenduzi. Like he'd seemed to yeah. have like five, ten minutes where he was wandering around going, he fucking pulled my hair. Like, you know, what's that movie where someone, just, where someone throws a shoe? You saw that, yeah? Yeah, you saw that? What's, what's, the, what's the movie where someone throws a shoe and the guy, is it Austin Powers? He goes, seriously, who throws their shoe? Like it was, it was <laughs> one of those where like Gwenduzi was like, who? Seriously, how? What? Like, we've, it we've, genuinely confused. Mate, we've all done it, right? I mean, I grew up in, uh, uh, I grew up in the, the sort of 80s playing football uh, when I was a nipper. And there was lots Mate, of kids. Mate, the things you got up to in your youth. <laughs> Hair pulling is not even on the top 50 uh, uh, all-time crazy things that I've done on a football pitch. So, no, 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 you're right. It's definitely not there. Uh, yeah, poor old Genduzzi. And, of course, apparently Sari has come out to him and, and said, cut it. Uh, he's actually told him to cut it. He's actually said, you know, go ahead and, and make sure. Sorry or Emery? Sa- sorry, Emery, 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 Emery. Sorry, sorry. Well done. Sorry. Uh, Emery. <laughs> say, what's Sari getting involved in this argument? <laughs> hey, I would like to say something, please. I would like to. Yes. Genduzi, cut your hair. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I think it's Emery. Although it's very difficult to understand what Emery is saying, right? At the best of times. So maybe Genduzi is sort of like, huh? What? Whatever. Uh, but yes, uh, poor old Genduzi in there having his, his hair yanked uh, in the two-all draw between Manchester United and Arsenal. After the fantastic match that Arsenal played in on the weekend where they thrashed uh, uh, Tottenham, this game really didn't live up to that hype, did it? It was such a shame. It was such you know, a Well, mate, it was an uh, exciting yeah. game, but it was riddled with some of the worst goals was... I've ever seen. Agreed. Yeah, let's, go through the, let's go through the four goals. Goal number one is a horrendous mistake by someone who's often lauded as the world's best goalkeeper, um, yep. where he's, he's pushed a fairly weak header up, like volleyball style, behind him. Yep. And then Ander Herrera, rather than simply head it away, 
has allowed it to go in the goal. Absolutely <laughs> horrendous goal. Um, that, and then, then the equaliser, which is the best of the four goals, this goal which I'm about to describe, which is a free kick from Marcus Rojo that the keeper should have done better with, that Herrera, who was offside, gets to and crosses for Martial to tap in. That was the best goal of the evening. <laughs> uh, the third goal actually had a nice little one-two, although a Manchester United player disgustingly gave the ball away, uh, not even in midfield. Uh, and then, is it Lacazette's goal? Is it? No, it, it's gone it, down as Rojo's own goal, that, that last one. But it's one of those that even in slow motion, you're looking at it going, who kicked that? And then it's rolled in the back of the net. Awful, ugly, horrible. Ugh. Yuck. And then 14 and, seconds and later, Lingard. we're treated to an equally shitty goal from Jesse Lingard. Oh, yes. Rubbish goal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, really. It, it, it was. It really was an absolutely rubbish I mean, it was game, exciting, though. It was exciting. There was interest in it. It was, it was, yeah. Terrible goals. <laughs> right, and, uh, and of course, no Lukaku, no Pogba in the starting 11 uh, as well. And of course, once again, where would we be in a podcast without talking about Mourinho once again and the crap that is surrounding him? After the two-all draw against Southampton, in which by, by, by I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Lukaku's slip on the ball. Um, he uh, did you did you see that at all? That was very very funny. Uh, Lukaku uh, trod on the ball and slipped on it. And there's been some wonderful uh, twitters uh, go uh, tweets gone round of um, of elephants slipping on balls and stuff and everything, likening likening uh, uh, the move to Lukaku's move. Um, and what what confused me very very much as well and I almost don't mind too much because I felt so sorry for him because he looked so stupid the ref gave a foul uh, for Lukaku stepping on the ball and slipping on it like he actually thought he'd been fouled uh, from a by distance by the ball one of the Southampton players was near-ish and I think he must have thought that the Southampton player actually fouled him and, and Lukaku actually got up and somewhat embarrassingly put his hand on the ball and then just sort of took a free quick free kick to try and just uh, blemish it. But, but yeah, no Lukaku to start the game, no uh, uh, Pogba to, uh, to start the matchup. It, it no really Fred. was. No Fred, which has been the, the big talking point as well because Mourinho's come out and said that he's... He's not prepared to put Fred in until they have solved their defensive frailties. Mate, what a weird world that, that is that Jose lives in. He's come out and gone, I'm not going to play Fred until the rest of you sort it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he's the weapon that they need to, to attack. But it's like he's saying to his squad. Until you guys sort out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like he's saying to his squad, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> it's, because, it's because you don't do what you're told and, and I'm sorry but you're not going to have any cake until you eat all of your greens can I have sprinkles on my ice cream though please can I no no I'm sorry if you want Fred if you want a Fred then you're going to have to defend sorry <laughs> is he not a defensive midfielder though is he I don't know I think it um, didn't he come from Shakhtar he did he, yes was, I think he's a bit more of a kind of dynamic go forwardy type player isn't he i mean guardiola okay. guardiola wanted him um i think he was another player that, that manchester united have signed just so city don't have him. i think city occasionally do this where they go we're quite interested in 
Who's <laughs> the shittest player we can Alexis think of? Alexis Sanchez. That'll cost <laughs> <a> fucking fortune. <laughs> Let's see what Man United do now. We want to sign him. We want to sign him. Yes, we've done it again. <laughs> we are quite interested in Luke <laughs> Chadwick. <laughs> Oh dear! Well, Man United—they uh, really were an absolute disaster in the, in in that game. But they came came back and said that the uh, he, he praised them, uh, uh, praised their spirits, uh, saying they had a lot of heart, and uh, you know, and this was uh, this was this was great. So he was very happy with that. And I guess on on paper, uh, a two-all draw against. Arsenal at home, certainly with the state of things in the way that they are, I guess is, is not that much of a bad uh, result for them. Uh, this weekend, Manchester United play Fulham at home. Um, it's it's uh, um, it, it, Claudio Ranieri back against Mourinho once again. Uh, mate, let's just cover this one straight away now that we're, we're on it. Uh, what, what, what do we think of this game? Any chances here for, uh, uh, for Fulham to pull something, uh, something special off? So if, if Claudio Ranieri manages mm-hmm. to beat Manchester United at Old Trafford, mm-hmm. surely Jose's got to go. Mm. No, and I think there's, there's a certain sweetness for Claudio because when Claudio was the Chelsea manager and Jose replaced him, Jose kind of insinuated that Claudio was an idiot who didn't know what he was doing. Mm. And then Jose did this weird thing last year when, was it the year before, when Claudio Ranieri got fired and where he, he, he came out wearing a, a T-shirt with CR written on it in solidarity for the man who he has personally abused <laughs> on previous occasions. Uh, I think Claudio didn't care about that whole T-shirt thing and I think Claudio Ranieri would really quite like to get Jose the sack. Um, and I would, that's the narrative that I want to see happen. I'm, you know what, I, uh, I'm with you now on this. I think it's time for, for Mourinho to go. There's been a lot of talk about the fact that they're going to have to pay out something like eight or nine million or something for, uh, for Mourinho's contract. But uh, uh, surely Man United can afford that anyway, can't they? Especially- surely his hotel bill now. <laughs> like must be in the like his room service bill that has accumulated over the last like two years must be huge. Like that's weird? that's probably six million of the eight million that they have to pay. It's just Jose's room service bill. <laughs> it's so weird that he's still there, isn't it? It is so so weird. Ugh. I think it's a very nice hotel, isn't it? I mean, it's one of those things that I've never really understood why Premier League footballers complain when they go to a new country and they start a new club they're often put in a hotel and then you hear them go you know it was difficult i was living out of a hotel living out of a hotel is wondrous someone (laughs) comes in and cleans your bloody room every day new (laughs) crisp towels the whole fucking shebang every day what are you complaining about you've been in You've been in a hotel for a period of time, though. There is a stage, there is a point where you suddenly go, I don't want to be here anymore, right? You're, you don't really ever feel like it's your place. Yes, but You're you... not ever alone. You know, there's always people around in the foyer. You know that there's people next door to you. It's not that, you know, it's Mate, not a place where you get away. there's free porn and a clean room every day. Be happy for what you've got. <laughs> 
Well, it's uh, yeah, we'll 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 soon see. It's a very interesting narrative, and uh, uh, we'll see if that actually comes to to fruition or not. I I I don't think so. I don't think Clive Woodward has. Do you think Jose watches really, really kind of aggressively siege mentality type porn? What kind of porn is that? Like, can you uh, <laughs> can you, very, very can you describe, describe some scenarios? <laughs> it's, very, it's, very, it's very defensive. Animals porn. involved? No, no, no. <laughs> Instead of being offensive, it? it's the opposite of offensive. It's very defensive porn. <laughs> Offense versus defense porn. If the Love manager of stuff. Lowry is is listening to this podcast, leak that bill. Leak that bill. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, the the last of the uh, uh, midweek games that I want to talk about and cover very quickly before we we step onto the uh, uh, onto the the preview. Hang of on, the shouldn't we should we preview Arsenal's game? We can uh, preview. Yes. All right. Well, Arsenal. Uh, well, we've already talked about a little bit about Arsenal and their their hallucinogenic uh, uh, ways. Um, but yes, Arsenal take on Huddersfield. Oh God! Why did uh, I advocate for a previewing of this crap? Yeah, um, I don't quite know where you're going with this one uh, in fact on the running order i believe you've actually written the word boo on it uh, so, so i'm not sure whether that's anything to do with with the actual fixture itself or arsenal in itself but i think it's yeah whatever it is uh, sorry mate go back to your original that. Man. i'm sorry thank you thank you very much uh wolves to chelsea one chelsea's hey. to a second consecutive premier league defeat no after it's not uh, going through so well no, no, it's it's, oh, it's second in three matches, isn't it? Or yes, it yes, it's two in three. Sorry. You're right. Two in three, sorry, two in three. Uh, uh, and uh, after after doing so well, obviously, in the first ten matches of, of the season, they've now had two in three. And there's even been some people, stupidly, calling for Sarri's head, uh, uh, saying that this is it now, Sarri should go. <laughs> I want his head. <laughs> I want his head on a spike. I can just see people calling in on the telephone and going, I want Sarri's head. And like... It's not Peter Kenyon. Who is it is in charge at Chelsea? It's Bruce Buck. That's yeah. him. It's Bruce Buck. What a name that is, by the way. My name, Bruce Buck. My, my daddy called me Buck and my mama called me Bruce. I'm Bruce Buck because I like money. <clears throat> All right. Let's make the buck, buck stops here, okay? Um, oh, no, uh, come on. That could be a recurring thing, my Bruce Buck impression. <laughs> anyway, so Bruce answers the phone. And uh, it's a, just a Chelsea fan who's going, oh, Bruce, I want Sarri's head. What, what, what do you mean? Why do you I want his head? And, then, and that's the end of the conversation. Keep going. No, I want more. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what <laughs> On a spike, after. mate. On a spike. <laughs> on a fucking spike, Bruce. On a, on a spike. Put it just outside the front door. Like um, most things Chelsea yeah. fans say, that's utterly ridiculous. They can't have Sarri's head. <laughs> uh, they're calling for his chop. Uh, no, sorry, calling for the, not chop his head, just chop. Anyway, they're saying he should be fired. There we go. Uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. I cannot believe it. Like what? I mean, I know Chelsea have a, a reputation, obviously, of uh, hiring and firing uh, on quite a, a very regular basis, but that is just ridiculous. Uh, and I'm sure Sarri's going to be able to turn it around. Although. Now they've got Chelsea. Uh, sorry, now they've got City. Sorry. Weekend in the big match uh, of the weekend, which I am licking. I'm licking my lips right now. I'm licking them. Licking my lips because I think uh, this one 
the first one that we're going to preview of the weekend, uh, well, the first one, obviously, outside of the Man United and the Arsenal ones, which we've already done, but the big one that everybody's waiting for, Chelsea versus City. Mate, some people are saying that this is the one. This is the one where Celtic, Celtic City <laughs> are going to be... Have you been taking hippie crack? Mate, <laughs> it's very funny stuff, that stuff. <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> If I haven't taken it, I think I've had an intake of of it in the form of information. Uh, and that is what is actually going through my bloodstream right now. Uh, City could fall for the first time, uh, although the bookies are not saying so. What do you think? May I think the bookies are right. I think anyone who thinks that Chelsea are going to turn Man City over has got rocks in their head. Um, <laughs> just, just sorry, sorry. Like, what makes you think that that's going to happen? Chelsea, but, uh, Chelsea got thumped by Tottenham. And then they've lost to Wolves. And meanwhile, the city juggernaut just keeps on fucking... Mate, can we just for a second go back to last season? Manchester City last season got 100 points in the league. They scored well over 100 goals. All season, they lost to Liverpool twice. Uh, They lost to United and they lost to Wigan. In the FA Cup. Those are the four games all year that they've lost. Right? Now, let's look at those games. Shakhtar, I think. Oh, that, but that was, in a, that was in the Champions League when they'd already qualified. So I'm, I'm discounting that. Okay. Right? So, all right. That's the all fifth right. one. Discounted that one. The United game, they, mm-hmm. I've seen that. They took United to pieces. It was a freak of nature, that game. All right. The two Liverpool games, they lost. But they've already had one of those games this year, which they've managed to get a draw out of. Mate, I really am worried that they're going to get 106 points this year. They just, <laughs> they are, they're just like a fucking never-ending juggernaut. Like this Guardiola fella, mate, he's serious. You know that first season when he came and we all kind of took the piss out of him? He's, yep. We upset him. <laughs> really, really mad. And ruining the Premier League for us as a result. I mean, well, it's I, almost it, it's going to turn the Premier League into le Premier League 1, isn't it? Really, it's just uh, la, la la Premiera Liga Syria. Uh, mate, I genuinely, and these are not words I think I've ever said before. I genuinely hope Chelsea win on the weekend because right. someone That's what I was needs gonna... to stop this juggernaut. But I just yeah. cannot see it happening. Chelsea aren't playing well. Like Hazard you is said, looking also for a move. Morata can't score. Win, they're, they're not going to lose the next one after that, though, right? You can't see that happening. That's what's so amazing about this, uh, this Man City team, who, by the way, don't have De Bruyne, uh, uh, didn't have Aguero in the last game. They've got Gabriel Jesus, who's the only person who's come into anything resembling anything of uh, that comes anything close to criticism uh, uh, this season for uh, Manchester City. I don't think Manchester City have been criticised for anything at all. Until last week, there was a lot of criticism towards Jesus because the guy is not not scoring. But, I mean, they've got Aguero to come back in and he's going to be starting against, uh, uh, against Chelsea. So it's... Mate. You know, and they, uh, they didn't Mate. play Laporte in the last game and they won. And, Mate, oh. Manchester City's goalkeeper has a pass completion rate that would put him in the top five midfielders of the 1990s. That's how Incredible. good and did, they are. Did you see his uh, no-look pass as well on the, on the weekend when, uh, when they were actually under the cosh because there was, uh, Watford had just scored and they were 
obviously still ahead 2-1, but Watford were really coming into it. Ball came back towards uh, Edison. Edison sort of shifted it out to one side and then just just dispatched a little no-look pass into the into the David Silva. And it was just unbelievable scary, that guy. I think that honestly is the scariest thing about... There was a game last year when Tottenham went to the city of Manchester Stadium and Edison was just pinging the ball 80 yards onto Raheem Sterling's instep every time. Yeah, and you could yeah. literally see Eric Dyer get more demoralized every time he did it, thinking, bloody <laughs> hell, he's doing that every time. It made, if the, I mean, if City turn up, City have to underperform for Chelsea, or I think anyone in Europe, mate, really, genuinely, mm-hmm. to, to beat them, City have to lose it lose it they have to not turn up unless someone can come up with uh, a scheme whereby they lose and I think the only thing that 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 they can possibly lose to is the is the Liverpool front three when it's clicking and counter-attacking at devastating pace which it, it did do last year I mean I don't think is there another team in Europe with two players as quick as Mane and Salah because I think that's their only weakness isn't it uh, and, but uh, you know Liverpool haven't been doing it this season as well. So what's, well, what's that's to say even that they worse. Can Yeah, um, Lyon. Um, Lyon quite famously managed this season to. Yeah, t- that is true. And but and Lyon have fast players. Like, mm-hmm. they, they have quick. I mean, I think City's uh, City's weakness is is that the two fullbacks do go. And so that does leave space if you can counterattack. But they've gotten so smart at the tactical fouling. Like Guardiola is true, yeah. often, often painted as this kind of high priest of morally correct football. But I'm sorry, that City team, they f- if they can't win the ball back in five seconds, they'll foul you in seven. Mm. You know? I, have, I have noticed that on a very large number of times as well and watched the reaction of the reaction of the players when it's happening because it's it's obvious that they've managed to win the ball back obviously probably in their own third because man city are attacking so much but they win it back in their own third there's a chance of a counter and then fernandinho steps in or or uh, um whoever's that, whoever else is in that central midfield area steps in and just barges them over before they're able to go so far and they never get booked for it as well i've noticed yeah. it's like like they they do it in such a way that it 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 doesn't look like it's bad enough to have a, a, a yellow card unless the ref really realizes that there's a possibility of a counter-attack on, which it doesn't seem to me a lot of the times that the referees do notice that unless we're into the 60 or 70th minute of the game. Or, um, or it's yeah. because the press is happening so high up the field that the, the ref must think, well, we're, we're only just outside of of the penalty area here, that can't possibly be a counter-attack. But I'm personally of the belief that a deliberate foul anywhere on the pitch where you deliberately foul the other guy, it's a yellow card. Like if, 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 if you've taken the choice to deliberately break the rules of the game, that should be a yellow card. Whatever rule it is you've decided yeah. to break. Yeah, yeah, you're taking one for the team type thing. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it, it should... You're right. It should be. Um, it's obviously extremely difficult in the speed of the of the moment for the ref to be able to say uh, and to realise exactly whether or not that tackle 
tackle was something that was was on purpose or not because especially in in, in the Premier League in, in English football uh, the shoulder barge is is something that is seen as okay and the sliding tackle is something that is seen okay uh, as okay so um, you know it is difficult for the referees to be able to do so but I, I, I totally agree with you I think Peppers has managed to sort of just just tweak it a little bit with these people probably had a little quiet word in their ears as to how and when uh, uh, to be able to, to do these fouls deliberately so um, um, so mate yeah absolutely it doesn't look like uh, uh, you know we're, as, a, as a partisan viewer and as a lover of the Premier League I really also hope that Chelsea do it uh, against City and I think every other Premier League uh, supporter of every other Premier League team around the country is also hoping it just so that we can have a bit of, of competition but um, but mate speaking of this isn't it it's unbelievable really that the first game of the uh, afternoon on Saturday is uh, um, Bournemouth versus Liverpool and if Liverpool win that game Liverpool go top Liverpool actually go top of the league. So we're talking about this juggernaut that is brushing everybody aside. But Liverpool, who we're also talking about the fact that are not actually playing even that well, are just two points off the league. And if they win, they go top by a point. Um, could this actually be a sort of, if they win, could that be a little psychological boost and a little bit of an extra extra pressure on City as well? Or, or uh, do you think that they're not even going to bother about that? They're just going to keep playing their own game and they know that they'll come good uh, at the end of it. Yeah, I, I, I hope Liverpool can push them and we can have something of a, of a, a tighter race. But uh, the, the way that they played in Paris and the way that they played in... Um, uh, was what's the Champions League game that they lost away from home? Uh, Napoli and the Red Star Belgrade Red one? Star they, Belgrade, they lost, yes. They lost both, didn't they? So, yes, they, they did. Uh, it doesn't convince me that yeah, the front three... Uh, may, you, you can but hope, but I don't know. I just don't see this City team ever right. not scoring five. Like, All right, well, we'll st sticking with Liverpool there. Yeah, let's and, stick with uh, uh, Let's just... Let's just go back uh, as well to their midweek game where they beat Burnley at Turf Moor 3-1. Mate, there was a bit of needle here between Dyche and Klopp in the end, wasn't there? Wow, and a frankly horrible kit. Liverpool's kit <laughs> looks like a pair of particularly bad pyjamas. Doesn't <laughs> no, it? Mate, I'm not one. I was thinking about this the other day, actually. You know, I was, I don't know, probably running through a running order or something, and, and I saw something about kits. Whenever someone talks about kits, something, I don't care. I'm not really one to, to care too much. I, I know you love a good kit and, and all oh, that stuff, but I've struggled to get onto, onto that boat. But I am with you. This Liverpool kit, whenever I saw photos of, uh, uh, you know, whatever, Firmino having scored and they've got a photo of him uh, reeling off, I I just look at that kit and I'm like, what's going on with that? <laughs> it's hey, like Shakiri yeah. has scored the third goal and he's gone over to the crowd to have a little bit of a, you know, I'll wink at you and hold, put my hands on my hips, kind of almost Ronaldo-esque style. Oh, yeah. And yep. he looks silly because he looks like he's in his chimney jammies. Like, <laughs> like, it just looks, oh, it's the worst kit of all time. And I'm struggling to get past it. There was a bit of needle on it. Uh, I think Burnley are in trouble. Like, oh, God, yeah. Uh, they, they are. They're, they're, uh, well, 
I don't want to say they're going down. I've made mistakes, I think, already this season said, yeah, they're going down. Yeah, they're going down. Uh, but I'm with you. They are looking, they're in a terrible run of form. Um, Daesh has been saying that the, the performances are there. The, I saw them in the first game uh, against uh, Southampton, first game of the season. It was uh, one all, I think it was, nil-nil, uh, one all. Um, and they, what what's got me a little bit is their style of play is very simple. They nullify, uh, they pick up the ball, and then they, they dominate around the back. So they pass the ball around when they're in possession, around the back line, quite, uh, quite, a, quite, quite pinpoint perfect lead you know and they do very well but they're not going anywhere with it it's quite obvious they're not going anywhere um and then they sort of realize that their midfielders have no creativity and they just lump one up to um who's the new zealand's uh chris uh, wood mate chris wood. Chris, chris wood bit of chris wood you know for chris wood to knock it down to uh to whoever else is just running onto it it's usually ashley barnes yep or it is who's the other guy who's always on the bench but then the welsh guy who's always on the bench, but then suddenly... Sam Vokes. Sam Vokes, that's it, who comes on and, 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 you know, and they try and get a goal that way. If I was a Burnley supporter, I would not be enjoying my football up there. You know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's just not enjoyable to watch and it's not working as well. But Daesh seems convinced. He seems like it's, uh, it's all good. Um, but, mate, what, what, what about this Daesh versus Klopp thing? Uh, the tackle on, uh, on, on Joe Gomez ended up with Joe Gomez fracturing his leg he is now out for at least three months i think um with the two to three months with the with a fracture in his leg i'm not sure how serious in it you know it is not a complete fracture it's just a hairline fracture or whatever it is um it's it's not visible i i think through the 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 replays whether or not it was actually the tackle that that broke his leg or the sort of him sliding into the kind of side and hoardings or whatever it is, you know, that broke his leg. But Klopp seems to think that that was a bad tackle. Um, I think it was quite a good tackle, wasn't it? Uh, it was, I think it was an okay tackle. I think there were other tackles in the game that were, were genuinely bad and had quite a bit of needle in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and those were coming from Burnley. I think that Klopp's duty as a manager is to complain about that because uh, he Ferguson, uh, Mourinho when he was good, or Wenger even, all of the top managers try and plant that seed in the collective refereeing head mm-hmm. that their team is being persecuted and you need to, you know, be nicer to us. Like Ferguson always used to go on about how Ronaldo didn't have enough protection and it was like the referee's moral obligation to give Ronaldo as much protection as he possibly could so Manchester United could win as many trophies as he wanted. <laughs> I mean, absolute nonsense, but I think it's Klopp's duty to do that. And Gomez has got a fractured leg, so that's the one that you should pick out as being you know, demonstrative of yeah. the fact that, that the Burnley's approach was too, too physical. But I didn't think that particular tackle it was just... Gomez is unfortunate, uh, but I think he perhaps had a point about the wider kind of wider theme that was going on in that game, and, and Burnley were a bit a bit physical like, but but it was raining, mate, and when it's raining, a slide tackle is oh, it's irresistible. <laughs> it? it is. It is. There's something. Uh, yeah, well, because you just 
whenever in life do you have a chance to do something like that other than on a rainy football pitch you know it's uh, it's just a, there is a beautiful thing about sliding in um on that point that you're saying that managers should protect it of course there was that famous one as well last season where Guardiola uh, came in and 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 pre- ask the referees for more protection after the Sane tackle as well. Uh, and, and you're right, the, the, the big managers at the top, it's almost, it's, it's part of their job, isn't it, to go out but, there? And- mate, I mean, it was just earlier this season when Neil Warnock told us the definition of what is and what isn't a safe <laughs> tackle. And Gomez is alive. So. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Um, on the other side, Daesh complains uh, that Sturridge dived and tried to win a penalty as well. Um, Klopp says that he was actually just diving away from the challenge so that he, <laughs> did, <laughs> so that he didn't get hit. Uh, but uh, thank God that wasn't given as a, as a penalty because I think that would, have been, uh, that would have been rather outrageous. I'm sure we wouldn't have heard the end of that for, for quite a while. Yeah, um, I mean, both things exist and both things can be fixed by things like VAR and retrospective refereeing. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, cheers, uh, Charlie, for that one. Uh, uh, VAR will be introduced. I'm not sure that we've actually announced it here, but it will. It got uh, announced. Because uh, of Charlie be, Austin. Because of Charlie Austin will definitely be introduced <laughs> into next season. Uh, it's next season, right? It's not going to be. Uh, because the Champions League are going to have decided that they're going to use VAR this season already. They're after the group stage, yeah. After the group stages, that's right, yeah. So, but they're going to use it um, in the Premier League cool. only for matches involving Charlie Austin. <laughs> the one, yeah. <laughs> oh, great. It's All right, joke. okay. Uh, it's a joke. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, take a, we'll take a little break. It's a joke. We'll take a break. And after the break, we'll come back and uh, preview the rest of the Premier League's action. Hippie crack, hippie crack, birthday me up. I like a lollipop, but I never share pups. On social media, Anchor, iTunes, and platforms everywhere. Be sure to subscribe to Born Offside. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of Born Offside. Uh, We will be previewing this weekend's blockbuster matches. uh, Matches such as West Ham versus Crystal Palace and Burnley versus Brighton. Massive. Newcastle versus Wolves. Woo! Um... (laughs) Can we just say straight off the bat that we're not going to be previewing any of those three <laughs> at all. Forget it. We will, however, preview a couple of other matches which we deem to be more important than those three. Uh, uh, sorry, West Ham, Crystal Palace, Burnley, Brighton, Newcastle and Wolves fans. Um, we'll start, I think, uh, uh, let's, mate, if you don't mind, let's start with the, uh, Cardiff versus Southampton. Uh, right. if, uh, if, you're, if you're good with that. And, uh, and we'll cover Leicester versus Tottenham a straight after. A man whose second um, name means Rabbit Hutch versus a man who probably owns Rabbit Hutches. Several, probably. Mm. I mean, do you, do you reckon he's got a farm out mm-hmm. there in... Uh, out in Wales somewhere. In yeah. Cornwall, isn't it? Oh, is it in Cornwall that he's got one? He's got uh, one, man. I think right. so. He's a nice fellow with some nice hutches, yeah. Uh, mate, this is, uh, if, if ever there could be a, a, a sort of possibly baptiaic of fire uh, uh, introduction to the Premier League, um, 
for Hassan Hassan Huttel, uh, this is uh, this is it, isn't it? Cardiff this versus This is as old school as it gets, mate. This mm. is, I mean, oh, Neil Warnock down at Cardiff. He won't be sure whether to visit Malaysia, the Philippines, or Rwanda by the time he's finished with him. Either one, he's going he's gonna to obviously buy a ticket for, for one of those. Um, it's his first game in charge. We'll talk about Southampton quickly. It's his first game in charge. Uh, there's been so much hype, so much talk. I've been listening to quite a few Southampton podcasts, of course, as a Southampton fan. And uh, uh, there's, a, there's genuine excitement. And I must admit, I'm very, very excited as well, although cautiously excited. Uh, it, because feels like, it feels like the kind of appointment that Southampton used to make. It feels like when you appointed Pochettino and when you appointed Kuman, like mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, that seems sensible. Here's a guy who's a coach yes. and uh, is yes. going to try and improve these players. Although, mate, he's already kind of hinted that he's going to leave. Like there was a comment in which he, which he said, you know, I am here to get my name known in British football, yeah. which, is, which is not really what you want to hear, is it, mate? Like, I mean, think what you want to hear is, I'm here to be very successful and never leave. But- well, I, I think Southampton fans, uh, from what I've heard, are semi-resigned to the fact that there's a good possibility he'll go in the same way that Pochettino and Coman did. And, um, <clears throat> but as long as in doing so, he brings Southampton uh, into, uh, back in, 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 into the, the days of, of not too long ago, two, two and a half seasons, like two, two seasons ago, we were sixth, mate. You know, we, it was unbelievable. So, uh, like, if he can do something to Southampton and bring them back up, this season and next season, uh, I think a lot of Southampton fans are already kind of semi sort of resigned to, to, to losing him to one of the top, to, to the big six. Um, he, I heard uh, part of his interview as well. Another giveaway sign was that one of the uh, reporters asked him about his link to Arsenal in the summer. And he said, well, I don't believe that I have the reputation yet to be one of the top six uh, coaches uh, because I haven't had uh, success uh, in the way that would uh, need it to be able to be appointed uh, like Klopp did with uh, Dortmund uh, uh, when he came along as well. So that to me also tells me that he's got one eye on uh, on a possible job, you know, further up the ladder. And um, may I, I, I am a little bit resigned to the fact uh, uh, to that fact, but. I'm also starting to to reluctantly go. Well, Southampton, a city with two hundred thousand people, uh, not the biggest place in the world or most famous place in the world, and so therefore, you know, we're we're not exactly title chasers and title winning uh, teams. So this this is unfortunately the way it is. It, it's a step, stepping stone for him, and uh, yeah, look. As long as it goes both ways, that's all I'm kind of thinking. As long as he brings the best out of the players, uh, um, then uh, then that's going to be the, uh, the the good thing for us. Um, but uh, but yeah, look for 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 Zanton, One of the rather enjoyable things as well that he's sort of saying was uh, uh, that he's going to instill an extremely uh, a hardcore training. Uh, session procedure uh, to the players and to the clubs and if anyone can't keep up and falls along the wayside uh, then they are going to be out uh, so goodbye what if Charlie they Austin what can't keep up <laughs> like, I mean uh, yeah. what happens if like, 
they're all knackered after the first training session and he comes back in the afternoon and they're like dying dead then yeah. what <laughs> well he's been known for uh bringing in the youth and uh you know, youth. Get, go, yeah, I'll get the youth young players uh you know, are more malleable and uh, uh, they're also fitter. They've got that natural fitness uh, uh, much more than like a 27, 28, 29 year old does. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see. There are going to be some players who I think are going to be fine. Um, I think I'm hoping that he brings the best out of Ryan Bertrand again, because he's fallen off over the last couple of years. Um, uh, I'm hoping that he brings the best out of Cedric, although I'm quite happy with the way he's performing. Uh, but other players who haven't been able to do it, like Elianusi, for example, like, I thought he had a lot of promise, you know, in the way he plays his, his football. I like the way he plays his football, uh, but just hasn't been able to, to pick it up. But he's a fit player. And if he gets on board with uh, uh, Rabbit Hutch's ideas, uh, then I reckon we're hopefully in for, for something good there. Um, <clears throat> but, but I think the key word uh, for Southampton fans is patience. Uh, they need to give him time. They can't expect him to just come straight in and start winning everything. And in fact, if he does come in and start winning everything, I'm going to be a bit worried after the third or fourth game. You know, let's make sure that we're not on some kind of fake high and uh, start making ourselves believe that like we're... Like the Arsenal football team. <laughs> There's nothing fake about their high, mate. It's very real. Very true real. That, true that. Um, mate, Leicester versus Tottenham. This is uh, uh, an interesting one. Let's jump onto this. Vardy is out, but your favourite Monsieur Le Slebhead Maguire is oh. back after a five-week layoff, just in time to face... Has he been on holiday? I should imagine he probably has. I mean, you know, when you get to injured... To like Margate in- or somewhere. <laughs> Blackpool. Blackpool you know, Beach. I don't know. Yeah. Not- somewhere on the coast. Um, yeah, so he's back. Um, Vardy is out though uh, and um, Madison's playing very well uh, I think he's doing good yeah absolutely um, Harry Kane has scored 13 goals in 11 appearances uh, against Leicester City uh, in all competitions more than any other side um, more for him this time yes. around Harry yeah. loves goals he just loves them <laughs> he loves them and he wants them <laughs> and they'll take him and they'll have them and he just loves scoring the goals. Um, it's, I don't know. Leicester are a pretty decent team. It's, it's going to be a trickier way fixture. I don't know, but Tottenham really should win it. Will they have one eye on Barcelona? I have one eye on Barcelona because <laughs> I'm flying there tomorrow. So I've actually got like an eye and a half on Barcelona. Um, so uh, they should win, but perhaps... I don't know, perhaps they rest Ericsson, at least I would suggest. And perhaps mm. Sonny too. One of, one of those front line. Yes, yeah. possibly. He's on I mean, Delhi was rested there. against Southampton, wasn't he? And was, Ericsson yes. apparently has this kind of persistent abdominal thing, which is uh, now, I think, a chronic long-term thing. So I'd, I'd rest Ericsson. I mean, Harry, you have to play because he gets upset. But, <laughs> but the rest, I know, I would, I would play... I would, you know, play Mora in this game. I'd probably play Danny Rose. I'd play Serge Aurier so that Trippier can... God, I don't want Serge Aurier playing in the new camp. Oh, can you imagine? Um, and I know, I give, I give some of them a rest. 
Okay, fair enough. Danny Rose, uh, interesting you mentioned, he's done it again. He's come out and he's said something a bit silly. Um, he's talked about how everyone is fed up of Wembley. Now, I'm, 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 I'm with him in a way, I, I understand it, but uh, he does seem to be the one who comes out and says all this, these negative things all the time, doesn't he? He's, uh, you worried about Danny? Is, is he... I don't know. I think he's telling the truth. The end. Uh, I think okay. I've, 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 I mean, he does choose some kind of inopportune moments, but every time mm. he's come out and said one of these things and you think, Oh, what if you said that? I don't think he's lying. I think, you know, when I actually, no. when he came out and said, I want Tottenham to play, sign players that you don't have to Google. I was like, yeah, that would be nice, Danny, actually, if we, if we did that. <laughs> it, would, it would be good. Uh, I mean, I do wish that you were a little better informed about football, Danny, but okay, fair enough. You're not. That's fine. But yeah, I also want to sign players that we, you know, we don't have to Google. And then when he came out and said uh, he had uh, kind of mental health issues, I thought that was actually very brave for him to come out and, mm -hmm. and, and talk about that. And uh, he didn't want to take his family to the World Cup because he was worried about them being racially yep. abused again a very brave and the, the Wembley thing mate I've said before this stadium thing is embarrassing and those players will have been promised just like the fans were that they'd be playing in a brand spanking shiny new stadium and they're not mm -hmm. and there were what 33,000 people who turned up to the Southampton game 33,000 is quite a lot of people yep. but not in a 90,000 seater stadium it feel you know no. and Tottenham are supposed to be a top six club so I, mm. I, he's speaking the truth. Perhaps he should not speak it to a newspaper, but I don't think he's um, wrong. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, and Daniel Levy apparently now has started organising tours of uh, the new stadium as well. Uh, it, it's just, it just seems so strange, doesn't it? With the, why, why are they doing these things uh, you know don't incite it anymore you know you're organizing these these tours for people to go around and have a look at the at the facilities and see how wonderful the stadium is but yet it's not ready you know for everybody to go and start playing it just seems uh, uh terrible and and of course one of the main uh, complaints that fans have and understandably so is making that trip uh, uh from the northeast all the way over to you know on the m25 out to the northwest it's just annoying on a saturday afternoon for example you know because traffic uh, around there is god awful you know it's it's and it's a whole day trip you know and it shouldn't be uh it should be your stadium should be near where where you live so that it doesn't take up the whole of your day traveling to watch a 90 minute match and then traveling home again you know it's uh it's just yeah i'm i'm actually quite i'm getting quite sympathetic i think at the beginning i was actually like <laughs> you guys but now i'm actually quite sympathetic with, with well the with thing, the thing is if it takes two years to build it takes two years to build but you shouldn't promise everybody that you're going to do it in a year yeah yeah absolutely yeah all right okay um let's move on uh oh do, do you want to give us a prediction for 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 any of these matches we haven't done any predictions at all so so far so um, um maybe we can do it at the end if you want all right then let's do it at the end isn't it the end already um it is pretty much the end. I think the only other thing that I was going to mention very quickly was Everton versus Watford, I think, looks a bit tasty as well with Silva and Richarlison uh, uh, back against uh, uh, their old club uh, versus probably an angry Deeney. Yeah. Is Troy Deeney ever not angry? 
No, that's a good point, actually. Um, he seems not angry when he's on, on radio shows and podcasts, but uh, well, as soon as he steps over that white line, uh, it is it's time. Furious ball of confusion. Get angry, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, I think it's uh, it's probably good to 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 wrap it up then, uh, or shall we shall we go for our predictions and then we'll wrap up? I think that'll probably be a a, yeah. a good way to let's start with a big one, mate. Chelsea versus uh, uh, City. Do you think Sarri's men will be able to do it? No, City will win four one. Was a resounding four one, mate. I'm I'm gonna go for it, mate. I'm gonna say City are gonna win it one nil. It's a going to be a battling one. I really want it City to City are going to win it or Chelsea are going to win it? Sorry, Chelsea, 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 Chelsea are going to win it 1-0. One 1-0. One You're doing. saying Manchester City are not going to score. I am. I am. I'm, gonna, I'm saying that Chelsea are going to, to park the proverbial bus. Mate, and they're gonna even when on. they lost last year, they lost 4-3, 3-1, 3-2. <laughs> <sighs> what right. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I tell you Can't now, if City fail to score, I will slap any kind of poultry. Any kind. <laughs> on Instagram. On Instagram. Any social network. You name it. Way Beautiful. I will name it next during the next podcast. Thank you very much. Um, hang on. I'll just put that in brackets to make sure that we remember it. Slapping <laughs> of poultry. Good. Um, <laughs> ooh, opening the, door, opening the door up for poultry as well. Uh, right. That's um, not how you spell poultry. I, it's not how I spell poultry. Don't worry. I can do a right click and spell. Um, <laughs> Cardiff versus Southampton. Uh, what are we going for here? Uh, one all. Yeah, I was gonna. I was. I'm going for a. Uh, mine's gonna be a bit more exciting though. I'm going for a two all. So uh, for this one. Um, all right. Uh, Leicester versus Tottenham. Uh, Harry Kane three. Leicester one. <laughs> one three. Good stuff. I am going for. I'm going for a draw. I'm afraid on this one. I'm going for a one all uh, uh, on this. That's what. I don't know why it's my gut. Because you're gut. an asshole, that's why. <laughs> Bournemouth, Liverpool. One, what two. What should we do on this one? One, two. Yep, I'm going for, I'm actually going for a, t- yeah, nil two. Uh, I don't think Bournemouth will score uh, on this one. Huddersfield versus, Ars- uh, uh, sorry, Arsenal versus Huddersfield. Boo. Uh, Huddersfield, one nil. You are full of it. Seriously. That's about as realistic as my Chelsea one Man City nil. But anyway, um, Arsenal three nil winners on this one. I don't, Huddersfield are in a terrible, uh, they're not in terrible run of form, but they're just not that good. Uh, Burnley versus Brighton. God, do we even care? Nil nil. Nil nil. Yep. Okay. Mate, <laughs> I think if I put my thinking hat on, I think Brighton are going to do it and res- uh resign Burnley no not resign whatever <laughs> they're going to resign you <laughs> uh, uh, wash Burnley down uh, even further uh, that's my hope anyway so that we can get out the the, the, the relegation uh, zone West Ham versus Crystal Palace London Derby uh, is Zaha fit that's what is Zaha fit Oh, is Zaha fit? He is, yes. yes. <laughs> Did you think I said? <laughs> I didn't uh, quite hear exactly. There was a lot of huffing and puffing and then purring uh, as well. Uh, if Zaha's fit, then one all. Hey, really? Okay. West Ham on form at the moment. Uh, Got a lot of injuries, so... though. 
Mm, yeah, Anatovic is out, uh, but I'm still going to go for a, a 2-1 win for, uh, uh, for West Ham on this one. Manchester United versus Fulham. Uh, 2-1 to Claudio. I knew it. You, mate, we're supposed to be realistic about these predictions. Come on. No. Uh, I'm going 2-1 Man U. You know I always go for the narrative that I want to see happen. That's not always true. Sometimes I go for the narrative I want to see happen, and you and you fig me. Um, uh, I don't know what that means, but anyway, getting a fig and slapping someone over the face with it. Uh, Newcastle versus Wolves. Five all. <laughs> Just for shit and giggles. Five all. <laughs> um, I am going. Ashley out. Uh, Ashley out, and it's about bloody time. I'm I'm th- I'm going for Wolves because they've they've uh, uh, obviously off the back of their big win against Chelsea, they seem to be back on it. Uh, but they've obviously not got many goals in them. So one nil uh, Wolves on that one. Everton versus Watford. One nil Everton. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going for as well. All right, and uh, I leave you with the news that uh, Sunderland are still in League One, and this week are facing Accrington, Accrington Stanley. Who the fuck are they? Who the fuck are Accrington Stanley? Something to do with milk, I think. Uh, uh, but yes, so milk advert versus Sunderland, mate. What has happened to Sunderland? Well, there's a Netflix documentary coming out, I think, next week that's going to explain exactly what's happened to them. That's very true, actually, isn't it, as well? I heard on that that basically they were expecting to go up, uh, hence the reason why they decided to actually do the documentary, because they were so buoyed about the fact that they were going to bounce straight back up again. And then they got relegated, so <laughs> I'm quite excited to see that. I want to see. Um, and, uh, in fact, I did say that we were going to leave it, but let's just very quickly go over to, to Italy, because Juventus have beaten Inter 1-0 uh, uh, on, on a match that was obviously even like as if it wasn't consolidating Juventus's uh, first place in the Serie A, it now obviously even has done even more, hasn't it? So, um, and uh, you've you've just put in here, Juan, Juan at left back. Uh, what's uh, well, I, was, was, I watched the game and isn't he a right back? Oh, he can play both right and left back. Oh, because he, he kind of ran the game from left back. It was very yeah, impressive. No, he, He's a very. He's come out of uh, out of left field a little bit for for Portugal because or right field left, uh, or right field. Sorry, because depending on which side he's on, um, he a very very interesting uh, football player uh, who has developed in a, in in an incredibly uh, progressive way um, because he left Benfica when he was nineteen, I think almost twenty, uh, and went on loan to Valencia. Um, hardly played at Valencia, but and it seemed almost like a trick. They, I think they saw that he had immense potential. So what they did was they loaned him for a very, for, and, and they loaned him for a year, but only played him like three times. And I think they went back to Benfica and said, I oh, shit, mate, but you know what? We'll buy him. Go on, we'll buy him. And they bought him quite cheaply. I think like, uh, I don't know, 5,000, 10,000 euros or something. And, uh, and he turned into a, a, a 50 million uh, pound uh, uh, wingback, so, uh, which they sold on to, uh, to, to, to Juventus. So uh, unbelievable football player, uh, really is, and, and has flourished uh, in the last two seasons, both in Spain and in Italy as well. So. Um, all right, because uh, you really were interested in that, I can tell. <laughs> Very. <laughs> 
All right. Well, with that, uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget, once again, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And um, okay, fair enough. We didn't uh, we didn't talk enough about hippie crack poodles, did we? We should have probably talked about it a little bit more. But Get you know, we recovered it. Game. <laughs> filthy, filthy people. Uh, for me, Jason. Uh, uh, <laughs> down under and from im david uka over in the united states of americana uh, soon to be in espana yes indeed uh, oh yes let's uh, uh when will we be able to record our next podcast it's very difficult to know isn't it because on monday i fly to portugal uh you're flying to barcelona tomorrow uh so uh pfft, we're, we're not sure next week sometime Wait, next week i tell we'll you now if tottenham win in the camp new i might do it by myself <laughs> Outside the camp new with Eric Dyer. <laughs> Mate, make some recordings. See if you can get a little interview with one of them. Beautiful. I will. It'll be like this. Oi! <laughs> so, Eric, so Eric of Dyer, please. Slayer of Ramos. Come here. <laughs> Let me quick interview. Come here and slay biscuits. All right, brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening once again. Uh, we will return next week, uh, but this time from, uh, from Europe, uh, uh, where we will cover everything that has been happening, obviously, over on uh, the weekend and uh, some league as well. Thank you very much. Say bye goodbye, bye. Dave. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 bye.